Good morning, good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast The Endurance of Labor Laws. I am your lovely host Leslie Sullivan, and today we're going to take a look at the International Plate Printers, Die Stampers and Engravers Union of North America. This one is short and sweet, but it's still really interesting. It goes back many years. So let's go ahead and take a look at this puppy. So this one was founded in 1893. It is headquartered in Silver Spring, Maryland. It has locations in the United States and Canada. So it is truly an international labor union because they actually do have locations in other countries, which in this case would be Canada. They have affiliations with AFL, CIO, and CLC. And again, the CLC is the Canadian Labor Congress. So eventually, when we are done covering all of the labor unions within the United States, we will cover the labor unions in other countries, which would include Canada and predominantly Europe. There are so many labor unions within the United Kingdom, which is very interesting because they are not a huge country. They are not a huge labor force, but they have way more unions than the United States, which is really interesting to me. So I think the United Kingdom has been socialist for a long time, and just really doesn't want to admit it. But that is my personal opinion. But that's just what I see with the stats over there, because you know, if you look at demographics, you would think that from a population point of view, that the the population density, the larger it is. the more labor unions would be there as opposed to a smaller country with fewer people. Now here's the other strange thing about the United Kingdom. They have way more labor unions than the United States. And if I have to so, you know, have to surmise on something or guess, um a lot of the labor unions in the United Kingdom, I I guarantee you, 99% guarantee that a lot of these labor unions were founded way before they started letting in all these immigrants into their country. and way before they became or uh, sorry became a member of the European Union. See, cuz here's the thing, I don't think it would be very smart to have a bunch of labor unions if you have a bunch of illegal people coming into your country having illegal labor and then they get citizenship but they're not really how to describe this, they're not really a true citizen of your country cuz they weren't born there. And they don't really believe in your country. You know there there's some people that travel to the United States and or the UK or other countries and they really do want to adapt. They really do want to assimilate and things like that and learn the culture and things like that. But you know I feel so sorry for Europe um because they have been infiltrated by the Middle East time and time again. And France is a really good example of this. I know this is a side note but you know this is just to kind of swing this puppy home about the dangers of you know letting in people into your country that are not citizens and not controlling the population of how many are entering into your country. Well, France have had, has had a problem with Muslims for years. Um they have had a problem with Muslims immigrating to France whether legally or illegally and defacing their cathedrals because Muslims hate Christianity. The Muslim religion, which is a cult, is not based on peace it's not based on loving your neighbor it's based on hatred their very doctrine gives themselves permission to kill they give themselves permission to steal so these are people that you should not be welcoming them with open arms into your country i'm not saying you can't ever help them i'm i'm not saying you can't ever stand up for them like if ever they're being oppressed but you know a lot of the oppression is coming from the middle east 
hardly anybody says it like that, but that's what it is. I mean, the Muslim religion, I mean, they fight amongst themselves in terms of the different fractions or factions, excuse me, um within the Muslim faith and they're killing each other. So, it's very similar to the uh the Native American tribes that we had here in Oklahoma years and years and years ago before we became a state and when we were just a territory. And this may offend some people, but this is history. So I ask you to put on your your intelligence cap and you'll practice some patience here cuz you know our society is still a little sensitive right now. I don't think it is as sensitive as it used to be. Um you know just within the past year or two I think people are mellowing out. But what I'm describing to you is not an opinion. It's not um hate speech by any means. It's facts. Your things that actually happened here in the United States. So in case you have not listened to some of my other uh, episodes of this podcast, um I did mention some of the history of Oklahoma and the history of the United States. Now, here's the thing. There are some people that think that Native Americans are just completely peaceful people. They are not. Are there some really wonderful tribes out there? Yes. Are there some very sweet people? Yes. I've met several tribes. I've met several people over the years from different tribes. We went to school together. Um I met some shady people um as well. Some some of the guys are really weird. Um but it's also when there I have found that whenever I meet a Native American guy, we kind of dated and um but he he was he was bizarre and the reason why he was bizarre was because the way he was raised within his tribe like it's like he didn't know how to date anyone that wasn't native american it was very racist even though he wasn't meaning to be racist it's just that was his culture so it was kind of bizarre but anyway way 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 back in the day in the united states when oklahoma was not a state we were a territory there were a lot of killings out here I mean slaughtering and um very graphic uh, for sure. Um the the settlers, the white settlers, the settlers that were moving from the east to the west, they were going out west like to California. Of course California was not a state yet, but they were moving out west to stake their claim and things like that. Well, there were native Americans that lived out here that were not necessarily um on reservations yet per se. and there were several different tribes that were killing each other they were having these tribal warfares and uh very very gruesome very gruesome they were very brutal to each other um they would brutally murder each other within each other's tribe they would scalp them um they would also take people as slaves so you know white people which i don't even like using the word white but people tend to think because someone's fair skin oh you're just white no actually we are typically of european descent and from different countries so it that's racist to me to say white or black but just for the sake of keeping it simple we'll we'll use colors here um a lot of the killing took place within these indian tribes and these native americans that which that name is a lie in itself they are not native to america Um native americans are actually indonesian and other segments of the population over there um in the in the east they came over here on the land bridge long 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 time ago some native americans came here via boat you know like in their canoes and things like that and they had a fur trade and things like that like they were migrant they were you know they were not known to stay in one place that they they were very nomadic in that respect and they were tribal so they didn't actually own any land 
So to say that we took land away from is, is a flat-out lie because they didn't actually own anything. Um, the only mistake that the United States made was um, not honoring the contract, I guess, with their reservations or something to do with that land and property rights. But I'm not really sure about that. So I haven't researched it, but it's, you hear all this stuff, and it's like, okay, it's in the past. We've moved forward. It's not like we can give them the state of Oklahoma back. I mean, We, we all need to move on at some point in time. But anyway, because um, it was so long ago. Basically, the religion of these Native American tribes, this is my point, um, their religion, which was a cult, gave them permission to kill other people. And it was murder. It wasn't self-defense all the time. It was mostly murder. And it was a, it was a type of genocide. You know, like what's happening over in Africa right now with these different tribes over there. It's very tribal. Like when they hate another tribe, they literally hate them to the death and they will slaughter their women, their children, and just do grotesque things. That's what was happening here in the United States. Out, I guess you could say, on the western side of the United States, I guess our western front. And uh, those other states had not been founded yet. And so what happened was the United States military, which would have been the U.S. Army, you know, they were hearing these horror stories from um, – from the white settlers that were going out west. They're like, hey, we're being attacked by Indians. And they're not only, they, they're not only attacking us, they're, they're attacking each other. And they're doing really grotesque things out here. It's really scary. So because these Native Americans, and they were from different tribes, it wasn't just one. And it wasn't just two, it wasn't just three. There were several uh, Native American tribes. So this got word back to um, basically the president of the United States, at that time and it got a word got back to the military and so they sent the U, the United States army out here they sent the military out here and they founded all these different forts so if ever you visit the central part of the United States especially Oklahoma and Texas particularly Oklahoma we have a lot of forts here it's not just a military post it was a post to protect white settlers and also the peaceful native americans that were being brutally murdered by very life-threatening, tribal, and nomadic Native American tribes that were just practicing genocide. That same tribal killer mentality, like giving themselves permission to kill, is exactly what Muslims do. Not all of them, but the majority of them. Like that, that's, it's, in their, it's in their doctrine. It's in their theology. Like they give, when some, whenever someone gives themselves permission to commit a certain type of behavior, to tell them that they're wrong is to tell them their religion is wrong, which is why the Muslim faith, which it's not a faith, it's a cult, it's very much a problem in the Middle East because whenever you call them out on their religion or if ever their own people want to say, hey, we shouldn't be treating other people like this, guess what? Because they practice a theocracy, it's considered a death sentence to question the religion. So for those that think that you know, Muslims are just peaceful people and they're just misunderstood, I got news for you. You are very ignorant and stupid. I mean that with the utmost respect as much as I can say. But you need to realize that almost all the terrorist attacks that have happened, I would say within the last, let's see, I would say since, Well, Muslim terrorism is nothing new. This goes back to the beginning of when Muhammad started his own stupid cult religion of being Muslim and stuff. But um, 
in terms of what we experience as terrorism, I would say it goes back at least 100, 150 years in terms of it being Muslim related terrorism. But Muslims have been a problem for a long time. Um they actually tried to invade Rome, kill the pope. Um it was very life-threatening to Christians. Like Muslims have been horrible to Christians for since the beginning, really. Yeah, since the beginning of their little cult. And um it was founded in very much a tribal manner. If you look at the history of it, like a lot of Muslim um how to describe this? A lot of Muslim cultures or a lot of a lot of cultures, a lot of cultures or societies that are founded in the Muslim religion, a lot of them are pagan. A lot of them are sexist. A lot of them are women haters or women haters I should say. Um women do not have rights and a lot of them have their own little harem like they have multiple wives. And that actually happened um in the Soviet Union on the outskirts of the Soviet Union. So there was before before the Soviet bloc um became Russia, so to speak. Um there were all these small little countries way on the outskirts of Russia that became the Soviet bloc, but before they did, the, the a lot of these people were Muslim and they were tribal in a way. So whenever you know communism was spreading throughout the land in terms of the Soviet Union and Russia and was spreading towards those countries that were considered or were going to be considered the Soviet bloc I bet the communists were like what is going on out here your religion is nuts it is nuts like you're you're having how many wives and you're doing what to people like that's really what it was so you know it was in terms of what they were experiencing over there it's like they were living in the sticks and it was just being run by a mullah like a religious leader within these individual villages and it was really horrible so unless you know that history you're going to think what i'm saying is crazy but it's crazy that kind of stuff ever happened on this planet because i think it's grotesque what has been happening within the muslim religion or cult um but here's the thing You know, Europe has been very stupid to allow Muslims and large amounts of Muslims into their country. Germany has really suffered that. France has really suffered from that. Um, I think Spain and Portugal have really suffered from that. Um, Europe it, it needs to wake up and realize that not everybody's your friend. You know, you, you need to be careful who you associate with and who you're friends with and who you allow into your home and who you allow into your homeland because It's one of those things it's it's like a it's like a bad relative you know once you let them move in and set up shop in your house it's almost impossible to get rid of them to get them to move out you know what i mean it's it's the exact same thing so you know it's very interesting how you know with international labor unions this is one reason why i am not for labor unions being international because we don't really know what is going on and canada has really lowballed its its citizens because it has been handing out money to to these guys that um have been arrested and they they were muslims and they were attacking canadians and they were killing people especially overseas and then the canadian government or the canadian military arrests them and then their their leader right now in canada i think it's that trudeau guy he just looks like a playboy and that's like one he's not very bright or brilliant at all he's not leading his people in the right direction whatsoever um 
he's been giving out millions of dollars to these these terrorists that have been freed from prison. So, you know, there is some stupidity there on his part, and I think his dad would be very ashamed of what he is doing. I don't know a whole lot about his dad, but I would think that any parent if they had a kid that was doing that be like, "What are you doing?" You know, you're you're handing out someone else's money to someone that basically kills citizens. You know, that's not appropriate especially for a leader. But that's one reason why I I'm always cautious when it comes to in international unions because we don't always know what's going on. We do not. People hide information from the from the United States and sometimes we stupidly stick our head in the sand and go, "Oh, You know, we should all just be friends. Okay, you can want to be friends with somebody, but you need to be careful who you're friends with. I mean, regardless of whether or not you've raised children or not, everybody needs to be careful who they associate with. That doesn't mean be a nut and be scared, not by any means, but it's just practice that due diligence of safety, right? It's just one of those things. So, you know, I mention that because International labor unions they are not the same as local labor unions. They function completely differently. Um even though they try to act like there's nothing different, there is something different. And it's it's not the same. It really is not. And also um again with international unions, um labor unions my, per- my personal opinion is that they just use the United States as their personal piggy bank. Because we have always had more money than other countries. So Why wouldn't they want to use us? I mean, I don't like that. I think it's horrible. Excuse me, but I know that they're already manipulating our banking system. Other countries are, especially with currencies. So it's like, you know, the the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, right? So just be aware of that. Again, it's not meant to offend anybody. Just, you know, calm your feathers down a little bit. But this is the world that we live in, and we all have a responsibility to make it better. And I, you know, it's like I always say. on my or in my podcast like when I'm typing it up when I say knowledge is power I literally do mean that cuz if you don't know what's going on you have no idea who has power over you and then once you realize who does have power over you you've lost a lot of your rights so just just be aware of that that's just what I'm trying to say here so let's go ahead and dive into this one so it says the international plate printers die stampers and engravers union of north america is a North American labor union. Now notice it says North American labor union, not American labor union, because they're grouping us together with Canada because we are in North America. So, it says the union was founded in 1893 in Boston as the National Steel and Copper Plate Printers Union of the United States. So right there we see that it's pro United States, which is really good because we need to protect the workers of the United States. We are not responsible for any other workers on the planet as a country. We are only responsible for the United States. Other countries need to be need to be responsible for themselves because that's what it means to be an adult, right? It says in 1901 it changed its name to the International Steel and Copper Plate Printers of North America to include members in Canada. It doesn't really give me much information as to why only like 8 years after their labor union they go ahead and merge with Canada. Cuz Canada their population is way less than the United States. Um their business structure is different up there and they don't make as much money as us. So why would you merge with somebody that um is not doing as well as you? You know what I mean like it would be like having a business partner, you know, let's say you have all the money, but your business partner um you know just 
got out of prison or the person that you're going to be doing business with or you think you might be going to, into business with is someone that was just released from prison for embezzlement. You know what I mean? Like you don't do business with people like that. Like you need to do business with people um that are either just like you or have the same goals. Um that that are not tainted with lack of funds, lack of employment and and issues like that. That that concerns me. It says it became International Plate Printers and Die Stampers Union of North America in 1921. So again, it's changing its name over time. In 1925, the union absorbed the International Steel and Copper Plate Engravers League, adopting its current name in 1930. After the merger, it had 1,000 members. By 1980, the union's membership had fallen to 400. So, here's a very interesting thing here. So, this union it merged with a couple different ones over time, but yet it lost membership, and it did not keep up with the times. Cuz think about it, like we still use plate printers, we still use die stampers, we still use engravers. It's just you know, there are ways that that technology advances. So, I just find it very interesting that this union is still around, but they're not doing very well. And what I find interesting is that whenever a union, an international union is not doing very well, um very rarely do the other countries that are involved in their union help them out to gain membership. or to increase membership, right? So, it's kind of one of those things like it's like these other countries they want to merge with us, but yet they don't want to help out the union here at home in the United States when our numbers fall. Like it's like they're just there for the good times, not for the bad times, that they don't care to help out the bad times. It's kind of like, you know, when you have a bunch of friends when you're super wealthy but the moment you go bankrupt or something bad happens to you most of your so-called friends that just use you for your money they scurry away into the night like cockroaches right so that's kind of what that's like here we've seen that a couple times in the past with some of these labor unions that they they merge with an with a with another uh, union in another country and it doesn't go very well Um, they don't maintain their level of membership. They don't maintain their funds. They don't maintain a presence in the community. That's one thing I don't like. Well, that's another thing I don't like about international labor unions is like once they become an international labor union, then they lose their local presence. So they're not really being a part of the community anymore because it's like it's like it's gotten so bumped up and so puffed up to an international so-called level that's like. they're not really caring about the local level anymore. They're not caring about their neighbor anymore. And I think that's what happened here. It doesn't say it, but you know, considering how many labor unions we have covered over this uh span of time with this podcast, I've noticed that whenever labor unions, whenever they they focus on the local part first and then branch out, but they remember their roots, they do a lot better when they do that as opposed to growing too quick too fast. and then just wanting to be in another country or something that's kind of odd because that's a very short amount of time that this union grew um but it didn't grow like exponentially in terms of numbers but yet it wanted to be an international labor union well here's another thing you know what does canada know about industry not much not as much as the united states i mean i'm not dissing my canadian listeners by any means but i mean you know from living in your country your country's not known for industry Um the United States is known for industry. And so um 
It's one of those things that I find it really odd whenever a United States labor union that's founded here in the USA merges with another labor union in another country. You know, they have the same, I don't want to say necessarily skill set, but they're they're merging because they have similar I would say job functions. And I say similar because it's probably not exact. But here's the thing, you know, the labor in Canada is not like the labor in the United States. It's like what I said in a previous podcast where I was talking about because of NAFTA, which is the North American Fair Trade Agreement, which it's not fair because we've lost thousands if not millions of jobs to other countries. And so a lot of Americans don't have jobs because of NAFTA over the years. But it's one of those things that because a lot of our labor has gone to Mexico and other countries, um the product is not as good. They don't have as good a training. They don't have the same educational institutions in other countries like the United States. So it's kind of subpar. You know, the United States is number one for a reason. That's not meant to be insulting. It's just a fact. I mean, why else would a bunch of people or a lot of people want to come to the United States, whether legally or illegally? I mean, you know, we're known as you know, land of the free, home of the brave. Well, here's the thing: if you're not willing to be an American, those things don't apply to you. So there are a lot of people that come here to the United States. They don't care to be American. They just want to use us for our money, for our land, for our property, um, for our currency. And you know, I don't want people like that here. We don't need that here. Um, we need people that are good people that actually want to be American. You know, yes, you can have your heritage, your roots. I mean, I have heritage. I have roots. I have ancestors. You know, all those wonderful things. You know, they're not forgotten, and they are a part of me. But You know, I don't walk out of my house every day and so I'm French. You know, I don't I don't walk out of the house and start talking about what I am in terms of my ancestry. Like when I walk out of the house if someone asks me what nationality I am, you know, I say I'm American. I was like, but if they want more detail, I'm like, well, actually I'm 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 a mix. You know, I'm not white. I'm actually a mix of several races from over the years in times past of my ancestors. Um because actually I I can't remember if I said this or not but I did do a, a 23 and me test and I am actually French um British like North Londoner and Egyptian and Nigerian that's my heritage so obviously I'm not just white that's why I don't like that that term when talking about people so it's one of those things that you know whenever I see a Latino or a Mexican I don't say oh they're brown You know like whenever the government like whenever you are filling out a a not employment application but you're filling out that I forget the name of the form I should know this I worked in accounting but you're filling out like it's either you W2 or W9 I forget which one it is but you're filling out the stuff that you have to fill out to show your employer who you are like your social security number your name how you're going to file your taxes and you have to put whether you're married or not and then it puts your race well what's interesting is that list you know um like Eskimoan, Afri- African American, Hispanic, and it lists all these other races, but for people like me it just says white. And I'm like, I'm not white. Like I'm not just a color. I am a mix of several races. So, I just start putting other or mixed race because that's what I am. I'm a mixed race. I'm not I'm not just one race. So, I'm not just one color for sure. Like if I was only French or if I was only North Londoner, I would never tan. <laughs> But I tan really well, and that probably comes from my Egyptian heritage and uh, my my Nigerian heritage, which I just found out. 
you know, not too long ago about that. I was like, oh, so that's why I tan really well. Because, you know, here's the thing, fair-skinned people, if that's all you are, are, you know, Norwegian or Danish, those people don't tan, they burn, burn horribly. You know, just like Australians and stuff, like they, it's very difficult for them to tan if they are from, if they're only European, but I'm not just European. But anyway, um, we do need to be careful about who we do business with because in terms of, the labor in other countries it's not the same as the United States. The United States we set a very high standards. Our products are 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 bigger and better than any other country on the face of this earth. So why should we settle for less? Basically anything less than God's best. You know, why should that's my that's how I word word it. And that's how I live my life. I am not going to settle for anything less than God's best. Why would I? I mean it just it just makes so sense to me. I think that when we settle for less than God's best, you're opening the the door um uh, to pain, poverty, uh death and disease and destruction, so and stress, you know, all those horrible things that we don't want in our life. Um but I think that you know as a country when we stick close to God, and I don't mean this as like a theology or a theocracy because I don't believe in those, but just knowing that God loves you and understanding who you are in Christ Jesus it calms things down it doesn't mean you're a bible thumper it doesn't mean that you're you're trying to convert the entire planet look if if someone wants to convert to christianity they will if they don't they don't it's on them it's not on us it's on them i mean we can spread the gospel we can tell everyone about god's truth about how good he is all those wonderful things you know we can help get people saved um in that same token it's up to the individual person what they want but what i've noticed is that in terms of the united states the further we get away from god the worse our country gets and the more we have these weird ideologies and the these these weird ways of living that are bizarre that are not healthy for children and if they're not healthy for children then they're not healthy for men or women either so because eventually children do grow up to be men and women and they need to be who they were born to be meaning if someone was born a girl they need to stay a girl if someone was born a boy they need to stay a boy um we've talked about this in a previous podcast where you know this gender reassignment stuff if someone wants to do that as you know when they are when they are an adult that's their business it's their body i still don't agree with it because i think that's wrong because i think you need to be who god made you to be because you're beautiful in god's eyes why wouldn't you want to be who god wants you to be he loves you um but i think that if someone does want to have gender reassignment surgery that's that's that is a adult decision it is not a child's decision and it's not the decision of another person for another person's body. That's why I don't agree with these parents, especially these stupid female parents, these stupid moms that are trying to change their sons to being daughters. That's not right. I mean that that's stealing their their sexual identity. I think it's really cruel and sick. Um I think we've got some really sick women out there that have have been so desperate for a daughter that that they're willing to get their little boy's body mutilated. And I don't know why the court systems do not intervene because if a foster parent were to do that, they would go to jail and be in prison probably forever. But whenever a parent who actually gave birth to that child or they adopted it, it's like they can do whatever they want. Well, you know, we have to call a spade a spade here. If it's wrong for a foster parent to do that to a child's body, then it's wrong for any adult to do that to a child's body. Also, we've discussed this in a previous podcast that, you know, a child should not be having it should never have its sexual identity changed ever that's their decision later in time especially because you know they haven't even hit puberty until like you know later in time 
right? Till like they're, you know, some girls hit puberty in grade school and then boys don't always hit puberty until like high school and sometimes they're not fully grown. Boys are not fully grown until like their 20s, so they're in college. And then also the the frontal lobe, which is where a person's personality is, their identity, things like that. You know, a person's brain, a child's brain is not even fully developed until like age 25. So why would anyone be trying to change a child's sexual identity like that and force them to take chemicals or not chemical, well, it was a chemical, it's a drug, and then do horrible just horrible grotesque plastic surgery on these kids that they're children. They're children. I mean, it's eugenics what these people are doing to their children. So It's one of those things that, you know, we have a lot of things that we need to focus on here in the United States before we start branching out and start trying to help other countries with their issues. We've got our own stuff here at at the home front, right? Because I look at it this way, how can we help others when we're not really helping ourselves the way that we are supposed to be? Like we're we're not even protecting our children the way we're supposed to. Because I truly believe that every child's childhood belongs to them. It doesn't belong to me. It doesn't belong to an adult or anybody else. It belongs to that child. And so these children that are being manipulated, especially whether chemically or with pills or infusions or with surgery or, you know, just the the different types of indoctrination they're going through in these schools, their childhoods are basically being stolen by a really disturbed generation of people that are manipulating these children. So I think that's really cruel to do that because you know you know what was interesting is that when I was a little kid I didn't have I didn't really worry much about adults trying to indoctrinate me in terms of school now religion yeah it was it was crazy because I was raised in a cult but I knew that but whenever I go to school I was actually kind of relieved that it was secular even though I didn't know what that word meant I didn't know the word I was just glad there wasn't you know extreme religion in my school. Although we did pray, you know, on our own, we could do that, but it wasn't like institutionalized prayer. You know what I mean? It wasn't like you know, reading the Quran or having that stupid siren prayer thing that goes off how many times a day in Muslim countries, right? It gives people a headache. But I was just glad to go to a school where it was just you're just there to learn. The teacher is not there to try and push a sexual agenda. They're not trying to manipulate you away from your parents things like that like it was just a good basic public school education and then you decide as a child what you want to do with your life well a lot of these kids are not being given that opportunity whatsoever and it's really sad cuz there are so many people um that are school teachers that should not be school teachers i i wouldn't trust them around children i wouldn't trust them around a pet you know it's just like what are they thinking what are they doing like their mind is not right And I didn't realize that we had so many disturbed people that were teachers in terms of age uh teaching kids like age ages 18 and younger uh teaching minors. I didn't realize we had so many disturbed people that were teachers until COVID-19 happened and then you've got all these teachers that don't really want to go back to work. And they just want to teach kids from online. It's like, okay, well that's homeschooling. So why, you know, why are our tax dollars paying you to do the work of what the parents are doing for their kids. I mean, it's just like you got to be kidding me. So, it's one of those things that it just really took me aback seeing all these different things come out due to COVID-19 because that's what's that's what's interesting. COVID-19 either brought out the best in people or the worst in people. So, you know, we learned a lot about what we need and what we don't need. And so, I think that's 
one interesting things about a crisis like that is that we realize what works and what doesn't work. Um, but the good thing about the United States is that we we do have the ability to pull together, do what's right, and move forward. But we have to have knowledge, because knowledge is power, and we really need to focus on things that are happening here on the home front. Don't get me wrong. I love Canada. I love other countries, but we are not responsible for these other countries. They are responsible for themselves. You know, it's interesting. These other countries, their citizens actually want to be responsible for themselves. They don't want a nanny. But what's interesting is that the powers that be in their country, their leaders, they have this socialist mindset, and because they have this socialist mindset, they want other people's money. How frustrating! Would that be for the citizens? You know what I mean. It would be really irritating. So, needless to say, I can see why Britain voted to keep the the British pound. I think that was very smart. I think that was wonderful. And then for them to um, uh, exit, they called Brexit. I love that they uh, exited that whole bad thing that was not good for Britain. Because it's good to support your country. Because here's the thing: if you don't support your country, people will take your country. You know, there's nothing wrong with having a sense of nationalism. Sometimes people associate nationalism with fascism or with Nazism. That is not true.、Um, the Nazis they just took it to a very disturbed, evil extreme. There's nothing wrong with loving your country, because if you actually love your country, you won't do what the Nazis did. If you love your country, you won't do what the fascists did. If you love your country, you won't do do what the communists did. If you love your country, you won't do what the Soviets did. If you love your country, you won't do what the Red Army did to people. You see what I mean? Like, to love your country is a beautiful thing because you want to guard and protect what is rightfully yours as a citizen of that country, of whatever country you are from. There's nothing wrong with loving your country and guarding and protecting your country. And technically, if you are over the age of 18 in any country, it's your responsibility as an adult. To love, respect, and honor your country, because you know we, the citizens, especially of the United States, we are responsible for our country. It's not just our leaders. You know, we elect them to do certain things that they're supposed to do, but it's us, the citizens, that are responsible for our country. It's not the few that are in charge. It's it's the many, and, and we exercise that right with our vote and our citizenship. So just recognize how important your role is in society, whether you are in a labor union or just. Regular everyday job in the private sector, or maybe you have a, a great job in the public sector, but you may not be in a union. Whatever the case may be, you know you are part of this country and you do have value. But I will go ahead and end this podcast. But as usual, until next time, I pray you're happy, healthy, and whole. That you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. Bye bye.
words I speak So it's only left to ask It's changed to quite a task From the smallest depths Waves transform the earth Don't let this world go down without a fight 